0: You're listening to the 10 Bagger Podcast, presented by The Daily Gold. Join us as we uncover tomorrow's 10 baggers today. And now here's your host, Jordan Royburn. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 10 Bagger Podcast. This is episode number 22, and I have returning guest, Marius Skoniechny. Marius, how are you today?
1: Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. What's going on, Jordan?
0: Uh, you know, I, I know you have something new for my audience, and uh, we really appreciate that. But, uh, you know, we we had you on before to talk about your 100 baggers or your 100 bagger and how uh, you don't like minors. Is that still the case? you still think minors suck? I do. <laughs> All right, well, with that out of the way, let's get to... Uh, Let's get to uh, the the company that you want to highlight because you think this could be a huge winner. I mean, it already has been a big winner for you and your subscribers. And by the way, Marius has a great newsletter. It's called uh, Microcap Explosions. Uh, you could talk about that after you help us make some money with the stock pick. Uh, so, Marius, why don't you uh, get into it with this company? What's the name of the company? Maybe just give a brief intro and then we can go into some details.
1: The name of the company is Voxter, V-O-X-T-U-R, ticker symbol V like Victor, X, T like Tom, R like Richard. That's in Canada on TSXV, Toronto Stock Exchange Venture. And if you are looking at it on OTC, it's the same ticker symbol, but with an F like Frank at the end. So it's V-X-T-R-F like Frank and so that's that's a uh, real estate technology play and if you ever purchased a house or if you are a mortgage broker or real estate agent you know that the appraisal is the bottleneck of the real estate transaction they take forever there's not enough appraisers out there and appraisal creates a lot of stress uh, for many different parties involved in the transaction. So the industry is looking for a solution and Voxter has a solution. Uh, Voxter has a platform that makes appraisers faster. And uh, by, by providing them data, uh, injecting them with the data that they need to complete the appraisal. Uh, but in addition to, What's uh, what Voxter is doing to make their fat make them faster? There is a huge shift taking place in the appraisal industry that barely anybody is aware of, which is driving is going to continue to drive tremendous amount of business towards Voxter.
0: Okay, and uh, maybe you can uh, uh go into detail there and expound upon that. W- what exactly is taking place and how is that going to benefit Voxdor?
1: Okay, so uh, I used to be a real estate appraiser. That's why I know the industry very well. I was an appraiser before 2008-2009 financial crisis. And when financial crisis happened in 2008-2009, the whole thing was blamed on the real estate market. And some of the blame was put on the mortgage brokers and appraisers, that which is which is kind of true because and brokers at that time brokers were the entities that would hire the appraiser, appraiser meaning an independent entity to appraise a house, which is needed for the lender to know what the collateral is, and so the mortgage brokers would order the appraisal, and on the order form they would pretty much tell the appraisers how much to appraise the house for. And so it was an unspoken rule that if you don't appraise it for what we want, uh, we're going to go to somebody else who will. Uh, so after the crash, uh, there was a new rule put in place, forming what's called AMCs, appraisal management companies, which were put in between the appraiser and the mortgage broker or or the lender, whatever. So you couldn't go directly to the appraiser. You had to go through an appraisal management company. So appraisal management company is literally like a scheduling platform. You order through them and they find you an appraiser that fits your criteria. So that was from 2008, 2009, up until now. And the companies that were providing that kind of service, like AMCs, they rode that train until now. And what's happening right now is that the AMCs are getting pushed out because the lenders don't want to go through AMCs anymore. They want to go directly to the, to the appraisers. And, and Voxter has a platform that allows them to go directly to the appraisers. And there's few reasons why they want to go direct. See, there's a shortage of appraisers. The average age of an appraiser is 62 years old. They're not, um, nobody really from school becomes an appraiser. It's more like a secondary career. So there's not enough of them, and they're older. Uh, And also, the appraisers do not like working for AMCs because AMC is taking a cop. So not only is there a shortage of appraisers, there is a tremendous shortage of appraisers wanting to work for AMCs. So the lenders that are using AMCs have a competitive disadvantage because no appraiser wants to work for them. And, uh, and, you know, the less appraisers that want to work for them or the lower quality appraisers that work for them, takes forever. So they're at a competitive disadvantage. And so now uh, a player like UWM, United Wholesale Mortgage went and created what's called the direct, direct appraisal, uh, appraisal direct. And they are using Voxter's platform for that reason. So more and more lenders are going that path. And that shift is happening. And barely anybody knows what's going on. E- even people in the industry don't have a clue that this is happening. But if you know that this is happening and you you know, realize that Voxter is the beneficiary of the change, there's a tremendous amount of money that can be made on this.
0: So in other words, it's, it's kind of a disruptive technology play.
1: Yeah, but when you think of disruptive technology, you think of... Uh, companies that don't have any revenues like oh we have this great technology we're going to change the world uh, it's, it's totally not true with Voxter Voxter has right right now the run rate, revenue rate is about I would say 160 million the market cap is about 500 million and next year they should probably well next year, this year they should probably do around 300 million of revenues uh, so it makes it makes it the, the the company's trading for like two times less than two times revenues, and at the same time, yes, it has a technology that is disrupting the industry.
0: Okay, yeah. So yeah, let's talk a little bit more about uh, financials. Well, first valuation. So th- this is not pr- this is not currently priced at some ungodly uh, type of valuation that we see with a lot of these tech stocks and some SaaS companies.
1: No, it's not because it's not on NASDAQ yet. Uh, the company is trading on TS6V and it is preparing to go to NASDAQ uh, in Q2 of this year, uh, which means that the drunk growth investors, the, the ones that drink Kool Aid, are going to see that incredible growth priced at crazy low valuations. And just, just the moment they, I think that the moment they learn about it, they're going to go absolutely mental over it.
0: Okay, so tell me more about uh, the the current financials. I know that they're just uh, have become profitable or about to be profitable. What's the uh, profit expectation? I mean, if they can do $300 million in top line, uh, what does what that uh, flow down to as far as earnings and then beyond how um, profitable do you think the company can be?
1: Okay, so when you look at the financials right now, unless you know what's going on, you can really get turned off and and see, no, this is too risky. The company is losing money. Let's let's talk about a a little bit of a history. You see, this company was put together by um, an acquisition strategy, uh, a guy named Gary Yeoman, who is the chairman of the company. He uh, took a position as a CEO, I think it was 2017, of a company called iLookAbout. And I look about was a uh, tax, it it was in the tax assessment business, mostly in Canada and some in the U.S. In other words, it was helping the tax authorities calculate taxes by doing proper assessments on real estate. And he built two companies in the real estate appraisal space. Uh, And so he realized that there was a need to solve this problem of the appraisal being the bottleneck. And so he took over iLookAbout and he started putting different companies together to build a database and technology that could solve that problem. And then at some point he acquired Voxter. And so then the, the entire company became Voxter. And Voxter was a company that had a Title business. So not only do they have an appraisal business, they have a title side of the business too. But because of these acquisitions, the the past financials, you know, don't look uh, as perfect as they 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 would for a mature company. I would say that in uh, in Q4 of 2021, they're going to be profitable or about to be profitable, very close. But now going forward, what you can expect is margins to go towards the 70, 80% gross profit margins. Because right now they are much lower because they they are lower because of the acquisitions of uh, older technologies that still need to be transitioned to the new technology. And once that happens, then the margins will, will improve. So you're looking at a company that can have 70, 80% margins. So then you take whatever revenue you want to get your gross profit, and then from there you subtract expenses, which it, I, I don't know exactly what they're going to be, but it's not too too crazy to think that they can have 20 to 25% EBITDA margins, um, you know, when when they get closer to a stabilization. So I hope that you know this kind of answers your question.
0: Yeah, it does. And I know uh the uh you mentioned the title business is that um is it is that also separate from the foreclosure business?
1: Yeah, so they have they have the appraisal business, which I described. They have a title business and then they have a foreclosure business. And uh so so let me just talk about the title a little bit. You see uh, if you're solving the, pro- the problem, well, there's kind of two problems. One one problem is that the closing costs for real estate transactions are too high. And the biggest contributors to the closing costs are the appraisal and title. In addition to the fact that appraisals take forever. But that's a different, separate problem. And Fannie Mae did a study recently. I think it was published in Dece- on December 6th. They did a study saying that the transaction costs are too high, and especially for low-income buyers, that the closing costs are higher than the down payment. Now, think about it for a second. Closing costs higher than the down payment. Like, how ridiculous is that? So Fannie Mae is publishing that study not because they want to write a paper. It's because they want to show the problem because they already have a solution to this problem. And the solution is Voxstar. Voxstar is addressing the appraisal problem for taking too long and costs too much. So that, that cost is going to come down on the title side. What a lot of people even in real estate don't understand the title is like a scam, literally a scam. Why, why do people buy title? Well, when uh, you, you purchase, you put a house under contract, you agree on a certain price, the title companies have to make sure that the title is clean so it can be transferred from one party to another. So they search the public records to make sure that the title is clean. But sometimes there could be errors in the in the public data. So to cover yourself from these errors, you buy title insurance. And title insurance is a one-time payment, unlike, unlike a car insurance or health insurance. You pay one-time fee. It could be, depending on the state, it could be like a percentage of the purchase price, or it could be, you know, fifteen hundred dollars. But it's, it's expensive to pay, you know, about two grand for for title insurance. And what's unique about title insurance is that, in regular insurance, health or 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 car insurance, the insurance companies, when they collect premiums. They price them based on probabilities of uh, claims and it comes out to the, I would say that they pay out about 80, 80% of what they collect. They pay out in, in claims in title. That number is only 3%. They, they only pay out three. They, they get to keep 97. So that is literally like robbing people off of their money. That's why it's a scam. And Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, they know. They know about this. So how do you address this problem? Well, you see, they Fannie Mae and uh, Freddie uh, are in the process of looking at what's called an alternative uh, attorney opinion letter as an alternative to, to title insurance. And what's important about this is that Voxter has a patent, an attorney opinion letter, combined with the data. If, and I would say more more like when, Fannie and Freddie allow AOL to be used as an alternative to title insurance, Voxter stock is going to go up faster than a rocket because the... The revenue potential from that business is so huge that uh, it makes current valuation a, a complete joke. So that's appraisal and title. Do you have any questions before I go on to the foreclosure business?
0: Uh, yeah. Let, yeah. So, so a quick a quick, uh, quick follow up on that. So you're talking about. Um... The, the huge revenue potential, just quickly, what is Voxter's current market cap? And then what kind of potential from uh, the AOL could they have as far so as current, top, top line? Right.
1: So, current market cap is about 500 million. And when I said that the revenue for this year is going to be about 300 million, that doesn't include the AOL. Okay. That's just from the current business that they have. And the potential. For AOL, it could be three hundred million revenue per year to two billion per year. It just depends on how much market share they 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 could get.
0: But if they have the uh, patent on that letter, wouldn't they have a dominant market share?
1: Yeah, but remember, remember AOL would be used as an alternative, right? So the uh, in, uh title insurance could still be used, but then you have to ask yourself that the the price, the price of that alternative product AOL would be about $500. Okay, $500 and 300 would go to voxter And then the other 200 would go uh, to the lawyer. Uh, so if you are a, if you are a lender, and you have a choice of a, of a product, because, because let's remember this mortgage. Mortgage is a commodity, OK? It doesn't matter. You and I don't care who we get the mortgage from as long as we get the best deal. But the lenders can't really compete too much on the interest rates because they all have the same access to capital. So they can't differentiate themselves on this. They could they can differentiate themselves on the closing time. faster closing is better. So that's where. That's why some lenders are choosing Voxer appraisal pro- platform to be faster on the appraisal side to gain competitive advantage. On the title side, it's like okay, if they say we can give you a mortgage at three percent, thirty-year mortgage fixed, uh, closing time is fast, and then the, the closing costs instead of being you know four thousand, the closing costs can be seven hundred because. The appraisal, we can do it faster, and because we can use an alternative uh, method to title, right? So it's a, it's a no brainer. Which one you're going to choose? So I do think that they're going to get a big market share from that. But I'm just trying to be you know conservative. Conservative. I I can't picture any lender or or even a consumer to choose four thousand dollar closing costs the option is $700 closing costs.
0: Right. Okay, very good. Now let's, uh, y- you wanted to discuss the other side of their business.
1: Yeah, the foreclosure business. Right. Uh, so when uh, the first, first, I think it was the first acquisition. So I said, when uh, the current chairman took over a company called I Look About, he, his first acquisition was Clarosity. Clarasti was a company that was ahead of its time. The, the market wasn't ready. They were leader in an automated appraisal uh, technology. And they uh, they were losing money. they ended up going bankrupt because the market wasn't ready for them and uh, I look about uh, merged with Clarasti, in other words, they bought them out of bankruptcy. for the technology, and also for what's called master service agreements. In this business, you have to have master service agreements with major banks, have to be approved. Those master service agreements take forever. It can take three, I even heard, seven years to to get that. Uh, Clarasti had about, I think it was 150 or 160 master service agreements, and they were doing foreclosures for Fannie and Freddie. As, uh, which is a big deal. Uh, foreclosures meaning that they were processing their foreclosures, valuing their foreclosures. Uh, so that's why uh, they were acquired. Also, uh, Voxter, which at that time was not part of I Look about. Voxter was uh, at the title business, but they also had the uh another uh, another business which was also in, involved in foreclosures they were processing the foreclosure so they, they they put those th- those two companies together and uh the voxters portion of the foreclosure business before the pandemic it was making about 120 million in revenue and 20 million of ebitda and then pandemic came and they put a moratorium on foreclosures and that business pretty much went to zero through that entire time and now the foreclosure of moratorium has been lifted and of course foreclosures are coming back and i'm not saying they have to go huge but they're going back to the normal levels and that business is now going to receive a lot of business and before the pandemic that it did about, you know, 120 million in revenue, but they only had very few clients. Now they have double, double the number of clients. So that business alone, I wouldn't be surprised if it did 200 or 300 million, uh, you know, down the road. So that business alone is worth more than the entire market cap of the company.
0: Okay, so summing it all up, um, I mean, in your view, this is this is very undervalued given all these businesses. And then you have the, I mean, more than a cherry on top, you have the potential business from the uh, attorney opinion letter and that change that Fannie and Freddie have been uh, writing about. Uh, so do I have that right?
1: Yeah, so you, you have a... You have a business that's undervalued based on uh, just a few business units or even a one business unit, and you have this huge option for which you're not paying for. And then one other thing that I didn't say on the appraisal side was that three weeks ago or something like that, uh, Fannie Mae uh, allowed uh, desktop appraisals to be used for purchase transactions. So let me explain this a little bit. There's different appraisal. There's different appraisals that can be used for purchase or refinance or home equity loans. The regular, regular appraisal, let's say for a purchase transaction is when the appraiser has to go and inspect the property, measure the property, take pictures of the property, and then go home, find the comparables, not go home, go to the office, find the comparables, and and write the report. That's a full-blown appraisal. And then there are other appraisal products, such as drive-by appraisal, that the appraiser doesn't have to go inside. Inside, they just drive by the property. Or a desktop appraisal, when they can do the appraisal just from the office, without even inspecting the property. Well, the drive-by appraisal and desktop appraisals are what's called alternative appraisal products, and they cannot be used for purchase transactions, right? They, they could only be used for, let's say, home equity line or something like that, but they weren't able to be used for purchase transactions, and I don't even think they were used for uh, refinancing. Well... That changed three weeks ago. Fannie Mae said desktop appraisals can be used for purchase transactions. That is absolutely humongous because think about this. If you are doing, if most of your work is full blown appraisals, then 80% of your work is spent driving to the property Uh, inspecting the property, taking pictures, and only about 20% is spent on the computer. So you can't really speed up that much. You're 80% because you have to drive there. You can't email yourself, right? You have to drive there. You have to measure it and all that. So the incentive to improve your technology is not that great. But now if you can do it all from your office and you don't even have to leave, then 100% of your work is technology, it's on the computer. Now, if you don't improve your technology, you're going to get out-competed out of existence. And where do you get the technology from? From Voxter. Voxter has the technology that makes you faster. Voxter has the technology that connects everything with the lender. Voxter has the technology that injects all of the data into your appraisal report so that you don't have to manually type it in. Voxter has the technology that can give you comparables that with a click of a button, you can have them populated into the report. So through Voxster technology, you can have 90% of your appraisal done before you even start. So now it becomes a big deal where before it wasn't such a big deal, but now it's a complete game changer.
0: Okay, so when we put together all the uh, potential business that Voxter can generate, I mean, what, what kind of potential for the stock are we looking at here? I mean, just using like a, a basic valuation for a SaaS company and, and not something that's uh, totally ridiculous like we've seen recently.
1: What's what's the name of your podcast, 10 Becker? Yes. You might have to change it to 50 Beggar. <laughs> Well, you know, 10-bagger,
0: ten, ten I mean, people love 10-baggers. It's a it's a great it's a great marketing term. You know, P- Peter Lynch actually, I'm sure you're aware of Peter Lynch. He actually coined the term the 10-bagger. As one of my guests Mike Swanson researched and uh interviewed him early on when I started this podcast, he pointed that out that, you know, Peter Lynch, one of the greatest stock pickers and fund managers of all time, he coined the term the 10-bagger. So, uh yeah, so uh so so this so th- this potentially could have fifty-bagger potential. That's what you're yeah, saying.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would say ten-bagger. It's very conservative. W- we should already be a ten-bagger. If this if this stock was on NASDAQ and people people on TSX Venture weren't weren't this insane, uh, it should already be a ten-dollar stock. Uh, and you know, if if AOL happens, if we get more growth, and also uh, the, the chairman always looks for um, some acquisitions like it could easily be uh, 50 bagger or, you know, but the, the wonderful thing is you're not paying for it right now because it's so cheap uh, in comparison to any other companies that are similar to this. It's it's unbelievable. And also what people don't realize is that this whole real estate space you have like companies like Redfin trying to come up with ways to sell real estate online, right? How can we take everything online and get rid of the brokerages and things like that? And that's what everybody gets attracted to. Well, which platform do you think they're going to use, all of these players? Which platform is the backbone of the whole, of the whole transaction? It's Voxter. And, and so it's easy to you know, see what's happening on the front end. And that's why Voxter is a little bit harder to understand. But at the end of the day, when revenues start showing up and profits start showing up, I can tell you one thing is that Wall Street can't count money. Yeah, they, they can't figure out the, what, where, where the money is coming from. But once they see money, they can count it. Okay.
0: Uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about what are the risks. Like, What are the risks that you see to the potential here?
1: Hmm. You know, it, it, I I think it's, I mean, the the risk, maybe, can they, I I don't even see competitors being able to, to, to in at this point. Uh, there's no, I don't see risk from the valuation standpoint because it's so cheap. So that gives us a lot of margin of safety. We have this huge industry shift happening. Uh, They have 30 million of debt, which is, you know, insignificant in comparison to the market cap. But, you know, could that be a problem? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Will they can they screw up somehow? Uh, Yeah, I guess. Uh, Can they not reach profitability? Unlikely. But okay, let's say this could be the risk. I don't know if, if the stock was already priced at $20 and you asked me that question, I would say. Well, yeah, if the revenues don't reach a certain level, you know, we we might get a sell off. But at this price, it it's hard for me to to come up with this risk because I feel like there's a lot of, you know, margin of safety.
0: And so the stock uh I'm looking here, uh it's trading in uh trading in Canada at uh around a dollar right now do I have that correct yeah dollar dollar one as we're chatting uh, and so you're what can I ask what your average cost basis is and the average cost basis of your subscribers
1: okay I started buying this stock when it was at 32 cents um, I can't even tell you what my cost basis is because I bought at 32 I bought at 40 I bought at 45 I bought at 70. I bought at 79 so maybe f- around 45 Canadian is my cost basis
0: okay and w- where when did you introduce this uh, so I, your, your subscribers are probably around the same amount I would guess
1: yeah I introduced it to them in late 2020 when it was around 37 37 something like that Call it 40, 40 Canadian.
0: And so this is your, uh, this is your current largest
1: investment. No, it's not my largest investment. Uh, it's my second largest right now. I have, I have about 1.4 million shares.
0: Okay. So in Oracle is your largest. Yes. Okay. Which we talked about earlier, uh, in another episode. Um, but Marius, before I let you go, please uh, let our audience know uh, where they can follow you, uh, your, your YouTube channel, and how they can subscribe to your service.
1: Yeah, so take my name, which is impossible to spell, type it into YouTube, and you will find my YouTube channel, and I actually made a 11-video series on Voxter, so... You, it's it's for free, it's available for free on my YouTube channel. If you want to know about some other interesting ideas that I have, then some of them are behind the paywall, which is at microcapexplosions.com. But I would suggest go and subscribe to my YouTube channel first and watch the Voxter video series, assuming, of course, this is an idea that you want to, uh, you know, pursue and do your own due diligence on. Don't just listen to me. You can watch my videos as an introduction, but then do your work uh, afterwards yourself.
0: Absolutely, I wanted to get that in. Uh, this is for informational, educational purposes only. This is not investment advice. Do your own research. Uh, talk to a qualified investment advisor. Um, yeah, there you go. That's a disclaimer. Uh, Marius, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, I hopefully we can have you back in the months ahead or the next year to, to see how uh, Voxer develops because uh, we'd love to celebrate a 50-bagger with you or even a 10-bagger.
1: All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the 10-bagger podcast presented by The Daily Gold. For premium coverage of
0: precious metals and the best junior mining companies, visit thedailygold.com
1: forward slash premium.